This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired fitness celebrity Billy Blanks. Okay, everybody. Our car just got a broken windshield. How about we blow off some steam? Now punch. Now kick. Uh, Mr. Blanks, there's no need to be stressed. Geico makes it easy to file a claim online, on the app, or over the phone. Yeah, but what if I never hear back? That's going to make me want to go jab and jab. Uh, nope. Your Geico claims team is always there for you. Okay, do I still get my post-workout protein shake? Sure, Billy. Geico, great service without all the drama. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you all had a wonderful New Year's and welcome to a Fun and fabulous 2019. There is a lot of tea to spill this week. So we'll get started with talking about the Twitter war between James Kennedy and Jax Taylor, or should I say between James and basically everyone else on Vanderpump Rules. It started out with someone on Twitter making a comment about Jax, and James responded, and Jax, he's just a sad man after his daddy died, coming for me because I'm the only man he don't like. Brother, make peace with your dead father, please, so you can be set free. That goes for Lala also. BTW, he made fun of George when he left. Now, George refers to George Michael, who was a friend of James Kennedy's family and was also James's godfather. Regardless of if Jax made a comment about George Michael when he died two years ago, that does not give anyone an excuse to make fun of Jax or Lala's dead parents. It's absolutely disgusting, but... That's what we've become accustomed to with James. Now, when Brittany heard about this, she said, and I quote, the disgust continues at it's James Kennedy. I pray you will find peace someday, end quote. Well, James responded, Jax is the disgust that lives in most people's screens and babe, you're engaged to it. Then there was the crying, laughing emoji and hashtag good luck, hashtag great first wife. Jax responded, wow, just wow. And then what? Like most celebrities who get into Twitter trouble, James deleted all of his offensive tweets and then tried to claim that he was hacked. He said, damn, hacked, just changed my password. That should do it. Sorry, guys, you know how positive I am sending love to everyone today. Heart emoji, hashtag pump rules. Well, not everyone bought this, especially the Vanderpump Rules cast. And Jax tweeted, nope, we just found out that Bravo made him remove it. He wasn't hacked. So once it became clear that everyone knew James wasn't hacked, he actually apologized, sort of. He said, hey, I'm sorry for what I said about Jax and Lala, and I apologize deeply to them and anyone I offended. I hope you guys also stop provoking me. Thank you, and I wish everyone a happy new year. Well, that did not sit well with Jax. He tweeted, Keep your fake-ass apology, homie. I know Bravo made you do this. We aren't idiots. Know your role in life and keep your mouth shut. You will always be on the bottom of the totem pole in life until you figure your shit out. You're a sad, miserable human being. I feel bad for you. Oh my gosh, this is just disgusting. I can't believe that he not only said those things, but then claimed he was hacked. And then when he apologized, he said sorry, but Ben said, I hope you guys also stop provoking me. Well, if you can't handle things on Twitter, just be like Jax and block everyone, James. Well, now there's some stories going on that James is purposefully starting fights with his co-stars to try and remain on Vanderpump Rules. Because we all know this past week on the show, he was fired from Sir and from his See You Next Tuesday DJ gig. And so he's not actually working at the restaurants on the show. And since he's not friends with any other people on the cast, it's kind of hard to explain why to keep him on other than for the drama. Now, if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend listening to this week's Pump Rules podcast, which features Logan, 
James's former best friend, who's now very close with Lala. And it definitely clears up some of the misconceptions that were going on last season between James and Logan. Sounds like they definitely had something going on physically that Raquel knew about it and that even Raquel's parents knew about it. So very interesting stuff, but also you hear a bit about how James was really, really emotionally and at one point physically abusive towards Logan, which was really painful, but definitely an important listen. Now, I know that a lot of you are saying that people are being too harsh on James, especially given that other people on the cast, including Katie, had been, you know, really nasty towards other members of the cast, other co-workers at different points, you know, with Katie uh, slut-shaming Lala and other things like that. So, you know, why is everyone being so harsh on James? And he's also so funny and great for the show. And I totally hear you. But as I get into in this week's episode with Shira Weiss, I really think there's a lot more going on than just what we see on TV and that the reason James was fired has to be far more than just Katie's ultimatum. Now, in other Bravo news, Carolyn, who was the third stew on this season of Below Deck and ended up leaving partway through the season, had last year, a couple months ago, accused her co-star Kate Chastain of doing cocaine. Well, this week she went on Twitter and said, I'd like to retract any and all comments I've made regarding Kate Chastain and cocaine use. I've never witnessed it, and I sure as shit shouldn't speculate about things I know nothing about. I'm sorry to you, Kate. I know better. Now to be better. Well, it's pretty interesting because Carolyn's tweets are protected, and I believe she has blocked Kate, so there's no way that Kate would have seen that apology, except for some people tweeted it at her. Kate's response was, "Um, Yeah, unfortunately, this quote-unquote retraction is nothing but another worthless cry for attention under the guise of good intentions because all the hideous false things she had said about me have already been posted and reposted by various online tabloids so the damage is done and permanent well carolyn's response to that was apology wasn't seeking her forgiveness it was an effort to right a wrong furthermore i think stating a well-known fact is a milder offense to screaming accusations about a herpes outbreak and laughing at a woman stricken with dementia this goes back to carolyn's claim that while she was leaving below deck kate and josiah were making comments about her having a herpes outbreak and making comments about her mother who is suffering from dementia now it's pretty interesting because carolyn said she was apologizing and that she doesn't know anything about cocaine use but then in this you know response to kate she says i think stating a well-known fact is a milder offense so just a day ago she was saying oh i know nothing about this and now she's saying it's a well-known fact now a lot of people on twitter are speculating that the reason that she apologized was because she was served with some sort of a letter by kate's attorney There's no confirmation of this, but I could imagine that Kate is definitely trying to take legal action after her name and character have been defamed. Now, in some Housewives news, we all witnessed the marriage of Daniel Staub and Marty Caffrey during the last week's episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey. They got married in May, and unfortunately, their union didn't even last past the summer. They filed for divorce in August and are now having a very, very messy break. Danielle accused Marty of being emotionally abusive towards her and her two daughters, and apparently they're still living in the same house. And Danielle says that Marty is messing with her and doing things like unscrewing light bulbs, not telling her and making her feel like she's crazy, which is actually the origin of the term gaslighting, where a man was um, making the lamp gas uh, less and less so that the light was dimming. And when the woman said, you know, it's getting darker, he would be like, what are you talking about? No, you're crazy. So Danielle is claiming that this is what Marty is doing. And she actually filed for a temporary restraining order that was only 10 days. And police ended up removing Marty from their home. Now, Marty is saying that Danielle is just trying to ruin his character because things didn't work out. Whatever's going on, I hope that it gets resolved soon. 
soon for both of them and their children's sake. Now, one extra thing of pettiness that happened is we all saw that Margaret Josephs and Danielle were not doing very well around her wedding. Their friendship was definitely falling apart. Danielle was treating Margaret very poorly. Margaret was very upset by it. And apparently, according to BravoTV.com, Danielle ended up removing Margaret Josephs from all of her wedding photos. Well, I don't think she'll be hanging those wedding photos up anywhere anytime soon because of this horrendous divorce that she's going through. I don't think she'd want to be reminded by it, but it is very, very petty, which is exactly the kind of thing that I love to share with you all in Spill the Tea. Now, this week, we've got a great episode with Shira Weiss, who is actually from northern New Jersey and lives in the same neighborhood as Margaret Josephs and some of the other housewives. She shares that and some other thoughts in this week's episode. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 48. I am here with Shira Weiss. Hello. Very excited to be here. Happy New Year. Thank you to you too. Although our new year is, you know, Rosh Hashanah, but um, no, I celebrate both. We get (laughs) two different new years, which is very lucky. Well, with this new year, I had a great time being able to celebrate watching two episodes of The Real Housewives of New Jersey this week. It was on December 30th and then again on January 2nd, which is such a treat because so many of the shows are having an off week and two episodes and good episodes of Jersey just, you know, warmed my heart. (laughs) It was so good, but I also kind of wonder why they had two episodes this week. Maybe they're just like, you know what it is? I think they made it, they always make a short season because they don't know how Jersey's going to go over. So they leave it to like very few episodes. And I think because the ratings are so high, they put two in one week. Well, and there's no other shows on, so it's not like there's anything else to watch on Bravo that's new. Yeah, but I have a feeling the ratings have something to do with it because this is, like I said to someone you know, this is like the best season that we've had, in my opinion. I didn't like all the old school. Like, I don't know. To me, it was just like when it was just too focused on the family dynamics of, you know, I like family dynamics, but there was too much focus on family dynamics in the past. So this year, I like it because there's just the right balance. So this is actually my first full season of watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I caught bits and pieces of last season, and I'd seen it before and felt like they were always yelling a bit too much and didn't seem, it seemed a little dark and not as light as some of the other Housewives franchises. So I kind of stayed away. But both you and Andy Cohen said this season is going to be special. And you're like, you know what? I live in this area. You should totally watch it. And you happen to know Margaret Josephs, right? Yes. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I know a lot of like weird behind the scenes things now because, you know, they go to my Starbucks. Like, you know, Margaret is very, very good about like, you know, I mean, I'm not like besties with her. I'm friendly with her, but she will not tell me anything that's, you know, going to happen in the season or anything like that. But, um... You know, I've I've seen like Danielle in Starbucks and like then I'll read the blogs and like if I see Danielle in Starbucks the next day, I can like see her mood and, you know, things like that. You know, I I get the inside take. I would love to just run into housewives on a regular basis. (laughs) I mean, these are the only ones I run into. Like I've never seen any of the Beverly Hills. Actually, I met up with Emily from Orange County when she was in New York through our friend James. He introduced us. Yes. Um, She is really nice. And, you know, these ladies I know, I know Margaret, I've been to her house, I really like her a lot, but, you know, not besties or anything. I do remember, like, there was one time I was just over there um, dropping something over, and Danielle called, and she was very, like, always very, I think Danielle's just a real character, and, like, you know, I think Margaret has had an infinite amount of patience for Danielle that we don't get to see now this season. I mean, we see some some of the patients. But this is the tail end of, you know, things that went on, I think, prior to filming. So one thing I found really interesting is, especially for those people who haven't been watching Real Houses of New Jersey, 
you still know who Danielle Staub is or you know about her, just like how everyone knows about Teresa and Joe and them going to prison and things like that. Well, I didn't fully realize how emotionally abusive Danielle is until this season. I knew she was quote unquote crazy, but to see how she treats her fiance and her friends, so dark. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, she was so sweet and warm last season to to Margaret. She did go, you know, crazy about things with Dolores. It seems kind of like maybe Dolores had bias last season against Danielle because we didn't see the worst of Danielle. But we know, I mean, she's been engaged 20 times now. She cannot be an easy person to get along with. We had seen her flip a table in the first season that she was on. So she's not an easy, like, there are some people I joke around, like, they'd probably be like the easiest people to get married to, you know, and I'm not one of them. You know, I don't think my husband would say I am, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not Danielle, like where I fly off the handle. So, you know, like I wouldn't fight with someone. I would just like block them on Facebook, you know, like, so it's, it's interesting. It's like Danielle is like a fighter. And, um, and so we see that a lot this year because she's giving Margaret so much flack. It's like she's never happy. Nothing is ever good enough. So she's getting married. Yeah, she she really does not act happy. And there's always a gripe about something. And her friends put on this amazing bachelorette party. And I mean, this is a woman in her 50s. And I totally agree with Margaret that if you're on your third marriage and you've been engaged 20 times, maybe make this one a little bit toned down. You don't necessarily need gifts from everyone. You can ask people to donate to charity instead. But no, Danielle wants a full bachelorette party, acting as if she's 25, getting married, having a, you know, her bridal party do a photo shoot in swimsuits with swimsuits that say bride squad on it. She wants very expensive gifts. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous and nothing that her friends do, no matter how good it is, appears to be good enough. And it's just crazy how mean she is to them. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. This is her third marriage, and she's 50. I mean, not that this should really matter her age, but she's 56 years old. This is her third marriage. So, I mean, I completely see Margaret's point with that. You know, the Bridezilla thing, just, okay, if it was her first marriage and we're watching a show of Bridezillas, we'd still be horrified. But she is 56 years old. This is her 20th engagement, and she is acting like a major Bridezilla, you know, it just doesn't check out. You know, why would someone be acting like this now? And when she's pressed, she does back down. So she was screaming at the bridesmaids for having wet hair before the wedding because they were going to get their hair done. And she, for whatever reason, thought they were going to come and get blowouts with their dry hair. Whatever. She's screaming. And finally, Margaret has had it. She has been the entire, you know, wedding trying to bite her tongue every event and right before the wedding is like, you know what? I'll just hop on a plane and go home. You clearly don't want me here. You're not happy. I'll leave. And then she's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I, you know how I am. Yeah. Like, what does she that does mean? That whole you know thing. how I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some people who are difficult and they're like, you have to accept me as being difficult. And you know, and I'm guilty of that myself where I'm like, you know, I will get sensitive to things and then I'm like, um, you know, I want people to understand me and like not everybody's meant to click with everybody else. You know, whereas Danielle, it's not a practical conversation. It's more like you have to get me. You know, Danielle does not take ownership of how difficult. Well, maybe she does. She she takes ownership of how difficult she is, but she's also like, you've got to get me. Whereas I'm like, look, you don't get me. I feel horrible about it. But like, I've apologized my ass off and like, there's nothing I can do now. I think Danielle is like, she's apologizing. She wants things to be good. But then she goes back into these um, over-the-top patterns. There's a level. And so one thing that was just horrifying to me as a viewer is watching the wedding on TV and every single confessional, everyone's saying, this isn't going to last. And then we find out it only lasts three months, this marriage. Um, And right now they're going through a nasty, nasty divorce. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy that only the men actually stood up and told Marty, hey, are you sure you want to do this? You know, she's a little bit 
off does everything seem okay and he's like what are you talking about i'm fine and i love that because the <laughs> men are so bringing it well this is the one series where the men really get involved the, the most, men get so involved i love it and joe gorka has confessionals and the thing that i appreciated the most about him so the one of the issues between danielle and marty is that his children don't like her and she right. says i demand i command respect and the kids just don't like her, and I understand that. And so he says, well, I chose you over my children, which is such a horrifying thing to have on camera said. The kids can watch this. And he's probably watching back thinking, I made a huge mistake because I'm getting divorced from this woman right now, and it has cost me my relationship with my children. So no, I have neither my children nor my wife. <laughs> I, saw him try to, I saw him try to clarify that statement um, on Twitter where he was like, I wasn't saying that he chose her over my children. I was saying, like, we need to make the best of this, you know, situation because my children don't like her. Um, and I'm cho choosing to marry her anyway. So <laughs> that's exactly what he said on camera, which yeah. is I choose you over my kids. Like, that's what he's doing. And, and Joe Gorga was like, if something happened to Melissa and I was with a new woman and she said anything about my kids... I'd be out of there so fast. And that's true. You need to put your children first. I don't think his kids are spoiled and don't want him to be happy. I think they saw something dangerous in Danielle and were trying to warn their father, and he refused to listen. Yeah, but I mean, it also takes a certain type of person. Like, it's funny. Someone was like, maybe, you know, Marty, Marty is just as crazy. I mean, look, he, he is marrying her. There's got to be something odd about him she is yeah, not yeah. an easy person she's something an, has to be wrong with him <laughs> like, <laughs> look she does have a warm side like last year you know i was talking to margaret and i actually i interviewed margaret for the huffington post um this is before like i got to talk to her like off the record but uh, you know i was talking to her and she said i was very surprised because i had heard all these she had watched the show before she you know she didn't she didn't disguise that she's like i got this sense that Danielle was awful, and truthfully, she's so warm, she's so sweet, we cuddled, like, they had a very different relationship last year, like, the first time they met each other, they were, like, cuddling, and they were, like, good friends, and she's, like, she's so warm, and people don't know that about her, so, you know, everything just really changed, right, where Danielle showed her going haywire side, and that's, like, my worst nightmare as a person, you know, like, I never want to, like, you know, I talked to you offline about like self-improvement. Like I always want to be better. I feel like, you know, these women are like not as, um, I don't know, maybe Danielle is going to try to self-actualize, but I think they're like, this is me, take it or leave it. The thing that's so scary about this is that's exactly how abusive relationships start. They always start good. They never start bad. People yeah, wouldn't exactly. stay if it started bad. So it starts too good right where you really click or you think you click and mm -hmm. then the abuser starts to slowly show their true colors and she i believe is emotionally abusive to her friends at least it's been shown on camera when she was screaming at margaret and saying horrible things to her you know bringing up her past infidelities and throwing it in her face just to hurt her i mean that's a type of emotional abuse and it's scary to watch danielle well i'll tell you one insight i have about danielle because i asked margaret actually there was one time like i you know i like i respect margaret i'm like again you know we're not best friends but i respect her so i once brought an issue to her and she's like shira no, 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 don't do this. you got to step away from that. You know, she was giving me like tough, tough love kind of advice. Like, Jared, don't, you know, you don't go there. Don't do that interview, whatever it was. Like, don't. You have enough things on your plate. Don't get involved in that. And I was like, okay. So then I go to her, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Is this why you and Danielle don't get along anymore? Because you were like, you'll give her tough love and you mean it in a good way, right? But she couldn't take it. She was like, exactly. Yeah. She can't handle, I mean, so again, this is a common theme that I've been talking about my podcast, but I feel like I've seen a lot of narcissism um, in some of these reality stars. And 
more of a disproportionate form, right? You know, people who are tend to drawn to the cameras are more likely to be on the narcissism spectrum, just like more people in politics are and other things like that. But it's really crazy. And one of the key things about narcissism is disproportionate rage to a perceived insult. So when Margaret's giving her loving advice, Danielle is hearing a perceived slight. And so she reacts and she goes into rage and tries to hurt Margaret. Margaret's just not having it. She's actually handling herself quite well. And she is my favorite person on this franchise right now. I adore her. She's not only the voice of reason, but she's hilarious. Watching her, you know, joke around about having to wear a swimsuit for a photo shoot in her 50s, like, Oh, I'm the bride squad in my 50s? Okay. You know, she's so funny and um, really relatable. I'm about it. Yeah. So relatable. She turned 50 last season of um, Real Housewives. And this year she's 51, I guess, or almost 52. And she, you know, is thinking about all these things. Like, you know, the whole facelift uh, conversation came up because her mom had one. And, you know, once you're on the show a while, people are so critical of appearances. And, you know, so, I mean, I know, like, she knows all the doctors. And and, and that's just inevitably what happens because, you know, Melissa gets her chemical peels and this and that and the other thing. And so I think, you know, also, I mean, it really reflects, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall a little bit. I think, you know, she's she's more self-conscious this season because she got all the comments last season from the trolls. You know, and it just inevitably, even though Margaret's very confident and she's like, she'll always tell me, Shira, you got to grow tougher skin. You know what? Disgusting things people write at me. But I think that as much as like these people who are are tough or whatever, they will still think like, you know what? I should get Botox. You know what? Um, Like if I was on TV, somebody would comment on like the sunspot that I have on my cheek, you know, like, Shira, you got to get that zapped. I mean, it's not that... (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It gets to you after a while. So I think Margaret's really feeling it, and that's reflected in the whole bridal uh, party. And she's right. She's realistic, and she's relatable. Um, In much the same way Emily Simpson was, like, you know, Emily, like, had a more, like, realistic body that we're like, oh, thank God. And just somebody with, like, curves, you know? And beautiful. Emily is gorgeous. Yeah, she is. She is. Like, when (laughs) when I took a picture with her, everyone was like, She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I'm like, I don't look so bad too. <laughs> but she is, no. she is stunning. Yeah. yeah, she is. She's stunning. And, but Emily got a lot of comments about her body because she wasn't, you know, she doesn't have a Tamra body. So I think um, as much as Margaret is like, you know, and I've, I once went to with Margaret to like um, take care of her dog, you know, to the dog groomer. And she said, I always have hips and I'm cool with that. And I want to eat and I want to be comfortable and I'm not going to be doing those things but as much as, you know, she's comfortable with her body, to have someone like Danielle, who has done a lot of work and, and does a lot of things for her body, you know, and overkill, it's not fair, you know, for someone like Margaret to be in a, Margaret doesn't want to be in a photo shoot with someone who, right. you know, it's just, make her feel bad about it. You need to think of your bridesmaids and what they would want to do. And I think... You know, it's overkill to do multiple photo shoots, to have, you know, pictures from the wedding itself and then to do something separate. I mean, that's just crazy, I think. It's like really rude when people pick out a color of a dress that they know is going to be unflattering on all their bridesmaids. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If someone's really pale and you choose a really pale color or if someone's pregnant and you choose like a terrible cut, like, come on, just... The people need to be nicer to their bridal party, okay? And when it's your third time around, you think you have learned that. But I don't think there's a lot of lessons that she's learned. Now, one interesting lesson that I think Jackie is getting is when she gives input or advice or just comments on things, I think she's learning maybe the way she phrases things is throwing people off on the show. So Jackie... I I really like her. I think she's great for this franchise. But she's taking on Teresa, who is sort of, you know, she's the OG. And Teresa, the whole issue that's been going on family-related throughout this season is that 
they have a father. They lost their mom last season. And she wants her brother, Joe, to spend more time with their dad. And instead of going to Joe and saying this, which she does, but she doesn't do it very effectively, she ends up going to Joe's wife, Melissa, another housewife, and is saying, Melissa, get your husband in order. Make him see his father more. Melissa's like, I can't control him. And, you know, Teresa's like, yeah, you can. And Jackie's like, no, if you could control your husband, do you think he'd be in prison right now? Like, he wouldn't be. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole idea, the whole idea of, like, you control your husband, like, we're living in, I mean, this is 2019, you know, this is not, this is not a modern concept at all, but they're very old school. And I think in even certain Jewish circles, you know, there are probably people who can relate to the Teresa Jennifer mentality of, like, the neck swivels the head, you know, and like maybe in Orthodox Judaism. I don't know. I mean, I have seen it where people are like, talk to your husband, make sure he... Make him you know. get it. <laughs> it's like, what? Just speak to the guy himself. Why go through the wife? It's so yeah. weird, especially when it's her brother. Just speak to your brother. Don't go through his wife. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that, that whole concept is crazy. But I also think, like, the issue is, you know, and I've told you this before, um, it's the way that Jackie responded was a no-no with Teresa because, so you didn't watch prior seasons, but Teresa always hated when the word jail was brought up. She oh. would she would call it going away. And, like, you never say jail to her. Like, you always use the euphemism. And she actually went apeshit on people in the past for using the word, the term jail. So um, the Jackie's delivery, her bluntness, the fact that she brought up Joe, who's not there to defend himself, just Teresa didn't want that brought up. And, you know, the truth is, if my husband was in jail and I was hearing, you know, your husband's in jail, I don't, honestly, and I never side with Teresa, but it's hard to hear. Yeah. And, she, and Teresa was in jail too. So, I mean, you know, the whole thing that she brought that up, Teresa wants to move on from it. And that's really what that was about. Right. But the interesting thing is that Teresa, when pressed, can explain that, but in the moment can't and decides to, or doesn't decide, just reacts with anger. And as Dolores had been explaining to Jackie, you know, this anger comes from being hurt. And this is a common theme. We see a lot of anger on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And it always comes from a place of, of hurtness. But at what point are adults expected to be able to control their anger and respond you know, normally without screaming? I mean, exactly. I kind of side with Jackie in that it is not okay to yell at people, even when they cross a line. You can explain it in a way that's not screaming and yelling. And you have to remember also that Dolores said, you know, in, in the Italian families, we don't bring up impl- unpleasant stuff. We don't talk about these things. So her, what she's trying to con- convey to Jackie is like, no, 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 you went there and we don't talk about this stuff. You know, we, we gloss over the unpleasant. I mean, Dolores knows it's wrong at the same time, but she's like, this is where you went wrong with Teresa. Like Italian family, yeah. we don't discuss this then. You know, you don't, you can't comment on an Italian family. Um, and it's that whole thing. And Dolores really goes by that, respects that. There was someone named Siggy last year who was on the show. She was Jewish, but she also kind of respected that and understood like Teresa's hangups about that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and the family's kind of off limits. But, you know, to side with Jackie, like you are on a reality show. This is all out there. Everyone knows everything. So yeah. like the not talking about it seems a little weird. And also Jackie was a fan of the show before she went on. And like there are pictures now, like, Everybody, it's so stupid, in my opinion, but everyone's posting like, look at Jackie, what a hypocrite. Here she is at Teresa's book signing three years ago. So what? We oh, I think she probably show. likes, or is interested in Teresa, definitely. I don't think she has a problem with her. She's just being very blunt and was trying to make an argument, and it was not phrased in a way that was ever going to work. Well, Jackie's like every one of us that like watched the show and what like, Honestly, I don't. I don't think they were looking at her for that long. I think Margaret may have recommended her. So now she's like every one of us who's like, God, I just want to scream at Teresa, you know? Like, because there are times when I'm like, Teresa, just. I mean, look, I I have a very good Twitter friend who loves Teresa, and I feel bad that I'm even saying anything negative. But there are times like you want to like just knock some sense into her, and I feel like Jackie is that viewer who's been watching for years and is like, 
oh, now I'm on the show. I'm going to speak my mind. Yeah. And I like Teresa, too. I think she's a very likable person. It's just it, it seems like she goes about things in a way that's unhelpful to herself. You know, right. it'd be easier for her if she could just speak to her brother. And then when she does calmly, he's like, all you had to say was that, you know, you wish I spent more time with daddy because you feel bad that you were went away and mom died. So what's funny is that you said, it's funny that you say you like Teresa and I like Teresa now too, but Teresa has evolved tremendously from her first season. She was not humble. She was like always going shopping. She was always spending money, you know, and I'm not saying that's a terrible thing, but like she didn't have the same consciousness and awareness and feel like she's so humble. I mean, doing a year in prison and she, like she talked a little bit about prison. I mean, she was in Lithfield Penitentiary where Orange is the New Black, you know, is based on. Yeah. No, she she did real time and that has to change your perspective. And I I get it. I appreciate it. It's just sometimes I think she's her own worst enemy. She has totally like changed though. And I think there's a mo- more of a social consciousness. There's more of a, I think she's, she's friends with more people from different walks of life now than she was before. There's a certain open-mindedness to her that I love. When she went with um, Melania to that rap thing. Oh, I loved that. I did too. There were people that hated it, but I loved it because the Teresa that we saw years ago, Teresa, like, I don't, I feel like that might have not been the kind of thing that she would have done. Like, she was very into, like, you know, uh, the auditions and the ballet and the princess stuff. And here, her daughter wants to be a rapper, you know? Yeah. And she's basically saying, you know, my daughter Melania is going through a rough time. Our dad, you know, her dad is in prison. She doesn't want to talk about it, but she's found music to express herself. It doesn't matter if she's good. You know, we have. Uh, exposure to people that are in the music industry so she gets the producer for fetty wop and (laughs) i'm like what is fetty wop (laughs) Um, i think he's a problematic rapper like from what i read but but whatever and they help like do a song and record a song with her and that's so cute and it's just a way for her to get her mind off things and to express herself and to get more confidence because you know, Teresa seems to really get her daughters and she gets that Melania puts on a front and actually isn't very confident herself. And yeah, you could say it's cultural appropriation. You could say whatever you want. But if the music producer is willing to work with this girl who's 12 years old and very privileged, yeah, she's privileged, but her parents went away to prison. Prison. I I don't know how privileged. Her mother is working. Teresa's working her ass off now. This is like her job. This is her bread and butter, her cookbooks. That's how she's paying back all the money she owed, you know? So I don't think, I don't think she's even, she has fallen from grace. I think Teresa has really opened her mind to the world at large, uh, appreciates, appreciates other cultures, has friends from so many, there there are people that are not featured on the show who are, you know, from all different walks of life. And I think that Teresa has really changed a lot. And that's what I loved about that scene. Well, one thing I wanted to get into, which was sort of the big thing, big issue that happened in this week's episode, is Jackie is a writer, just like you, Shira, and she ended up writing an article in the local paper, a column about, Mm -hmm. you know, if you give your kids too many presents, will it spoil them? Yes. The issue was that she used the premise of this article as, oh, I went over to my friend's house and the friend is Jennifer, another housewife who has an insanely large home with thrones everywhere and five children and a blow up bouncy castle. (laughs) So she gave every single minute detail except for the name Jennifer. Right. So she describes this house that she went to and her friend without saying the name, but everyone can infer who it is and then goes into talking about how kids get spoiled and so you you know jennifer's probably thinking oh you think my kids are spoiled even though later in the column she says you know i hope my friend reads this advice so her kids remain sweet because they're very sweet i i totally get where jennifer is coming from but wondering what your thoughts on this are as a writer who writes columns you know you you look to your own life for for inspiration as a writer who is, who, so I wrote for a very long time for Huffington Post and made a lot of mistakes in this regard where I would draw from my real life experiences. But I was always more, except for one time when I was like just pissed, I was always much more subtle. 
And, you know, it's not like I would go to a friend's house and give all the details. I'd change so many details, you know, or wait three months before I wrote anything. And it would be so generalized that you wouldn't be able to tie it back to the person. But I did have an experience like Jackie's where I wrote about, you know, how I'm always giving in a certain friendship and never like receiving and like helping someone, but they would never reciprocate. And it was like, and this person like drove me insane, and I, but I helped her, kind of like Danielle. And I wrote an article about this, and um, <laughs> a few weeks later, I get a call from her saying like, you know, our mutual friend forwarded me this article, and I really think you were referring to me with the whole giving, giving, and not receiving. You know, I compared myself to the giving tree, like I have stripped myself of my branches for this person, <laughs> you know? And... <laughs> So, I mean, I, I did have the exact, the exact same kind of confrontation. Luckily, it was on the phone. It was not at Real Steakhouse in New Jersey. It was not televised. It was not as explosive. Yeah, but you had to have that confrontation with her. It, but at least she had the self-awareness to know it was about her. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. I mean, so the truth is, was I mean, that was wrong, too, because there were some details in there were like, yeah, you can connect, you know, it to the person. So I try to steer clear of that kind of thing. Now, what Jackie did, and I'm te- and I'm I'm not criticizing her in a way that in like I can relate to her. So I'm criticizing her in like a I've learned from my own experiences, Jackie. I think what Jackie did, like she was just not subtle enough. Like I would have been way more subtle. I would have waited a few months, changed details, made it seem like it was not about Jennifer. But I mean, she did this while they're filming a freaking reality show. Then yeah. the producers obviously put, I mean, come on, nobody reads the, I live in New Jersey. That's my newspaper. I don't read it. It goes, it just gets delivered. It gets rained on, gets thrown in the trash. So, so <laughs> some producer <laughs> told Frank, Dolores's ex-husband to say, oh, Dolores, have you read the paper today? <laughs> have exactly. you read Jackie's totally- column? Exactly. This is what I'm picturing. Uh, so, so Dorothy, who, you know, it's, is at Sirens Media, puts the newspaper on the table and is like, okay, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> so he picks up the Bergen record that's open to Jackie's article and reads out loud. And I thought that was just... It was so funny. It was so well done in terms of the production. It was It was so funny. But I, I definitely see where Jennifer's coming from. I understand why she's pissed. And Jackie definitely needs to own it. Um, yeah, but absolutely. it was very funny watching Margaret like chuckle and say, well, I wouldn't have done it this way. But it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, so, I think Margaret's a little biased because she likes, um, you know, she likes Jackie. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean that with all due respect. But, um, but I think, you know, she really has a lot of respect for, for Jackie. And thought it was kind of funny. You know, it's interesting because I actually texted Margaret last night to say, I did the same thing. Look at the, this article that I wrote. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to send Jackie a message. So I saw so on Instagram. I mean, she doesn't know me, but on Instagram, I was like, hey, I know you're getting a lot. And I heard she's getting a lot of flack. Um, and it's, it's, she's getting like, she's, you see her fighting back on Twitter. So I was like, hey, look, I know you're getting a lot of flack. And there's no way it cannot get to a person. Yeah, I'm sure it's getting to her. Yeah, she's very tough, but I think it's getting to her. And I said, look, I know you're getting a lot of flack, but I did the same thing. Here's an article I wrote. I was confronted about it. The only difference is that I was not on TV and there's no real steakhouse. And, you know, I just like hope that I offered her a little bit of comfort. Uh, I hope she saw it. Speaking of being confronted online and just getting a lot of flack for things, Mm -hmm. I think we should pivot into Vanderpump Rules. Because Absolutely. this season is all about piling on James Kennedy. And there's a lot of people online that are actually pushing back on it and, you know, saying he's really funny, he's good for the show, and pointing out that all the people who are criticizing him have engaged in similar bad behaviors. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, he's great for the show. Every one of them does something really stupid at some point and is a target for the season. Freaking Kristen cheated with Jax. And I mean, they've all had their turn being awful. You know, my, it's funny. My sister is watching now and she's behind. She's like, guess what? I just started Vanderpump Rules. So she's like a few seasons behind now. 
because she did like a quick binge. Yeah. And she's like, Katie's good. And I'm like, oh, she's not always good. Wait, wait um, till you see Katie. Tequila Katie, come out. You know, yeah, they all right. have made mistakes. Um, but exactly. the interesting thing is that a lot of them are now copying to the mistakes that they've made and said, oh, that was horrible that I did that. And I apologize. And I have learned from it. And I'm moving forward. But James is still in the point where he is not accepted that he has done things that are wrong like truly accepted it and truly deeply apologized. So I think he's kind of stuck in this, you know, ugh, it's not good for him. I think he sees his mistakes and then cries, but then gets drunk and then makes the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, it is. It's pretty dark to watch James sometimes. He can be very funny. So one of the things I laughed at the most this season was his reading the 0% reviews of Gotti on Rotten Tomatoes and how he said it's harder to get a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes than to get a, it is to get 100%. And Gotti, of course, was produced by Randall Emmett, who is engaged to Lala from the show. Right. But it is telling that a lot of his former friends like Lala, like Logan, have turned on him, have said, you know what, enough is enough. Like, I'm not putting up with your abuse. And he is abusive in the similar way to Danielle, in that he is emotionally abusive towards his friends. He finds their vulnerabilities and he exploits them and will call them names just to make them feel bad and to make himself feel bigger and better. And he does, he calls Katie fat and whatever other things, what she was wearing was unflattering. He says terrible things, and this was at Pride. He's working at the restaurant. She was on break at the restaurant. This is their place of work, so he's harassing another employee. So she goes to Lisa Vanderpump, and I think there must have been so much more going on than just this, but finally says, you know what? It's him or me. I can't work here anymore if he's there. And a lot of people gave her flack for giving Lisa an ultimatum. Well, here's the thing. Um, You know, it is that time in our society where men's bad behavior, you know, literally we are saying time's up. So fair or not, and they've all done awful things to each other, you know, like men um, being really awful to women in that regard and body shaming, you know, It's not acceptable anymore. And, you know, Katie got away with some things because at that time, those things were not scrutinized. The ladies slut shamed Lala. That's not acceptable. But you know what? Here we are. That was like 2000 then. Now we're 2019 um, or 18 when this was, you know, being filmed. And time's up. And, you know, tough. I hate to say it. And there are people that, you know, who will be like, it's not fair. But the truth of the matter is that, like, welcome to modern times. I think it's really the harassment in the workplace. And is it okay to allow one employee to harass multiple other employees, even if that employee is a DJ that brings in a lot more money on a certain night of the week? Yeah. Is it worth it? And I've talked to people that have seen James at See You Next Tuesday and said, oh, my God, this guy is a liability. He is really drunk at really? these events. Yeah. He still li- have they seen him since? No, this was oh, okay. before the firing, but how, yeah. you know, he would get really drunk and just shout things. And he, he knows he's a quote unquote, a star and that people are coming just to see him. And he gets off on that. He loves it. And oh, yeah. it's just, really gone to his head. it's definitely gone to his head. I, I think it's kind of always been in his head. <laughs> But yeah. he, it is kind of, they were saying it's a little bit scary to watch. Like he's a liability. You don't know how far it'll go. And he is someone who seems to be very, very unwilling to stop drinking. We've seen it in the past. You know, he's acknowledging that it's a problem. He's acknowledging he shouldn't drink at work, but he's not yet. I mean, now this is the second time we've seen him lose his job basically over drinking and saying horrible things and behaving so do you think badly. That he's, do you think that he's lost his job now for good? I don't know. I mean, it's been two times. So how many more times can Lisa give him a chance if he is not sober? And well, we see the preview where she goes to his home. I think she's worried about him. I think, yeah. you know, her brother unfortunately died earlier suicide. in the year and it was suicide yeah. and it was an overdose. 
Right. And, you know, he had been kind of in the nightclub industry. Her father had been a DJ. She doesn't want to see James go down this path. And he is very reckless. And I think what's really hard is that so many people on this show do abuse alcohol or, you know, whatever other substances they prefer and show up for work the next day or show up for, you know, their scene to shoot. I don't know how they do it because I would be a complete mess. But a a lot of people can do it or, you know, don't get as hungover or, you know, Stassi used to talk about how she would do Adderall before filming because it would make her less drunk and she'd be able to film longer. And it was, you know, they all have their things, but he is the only one that routinely um, loses his job over the drinking and over the bad behavior. Jack's it's happened to before, but I mean, this is, this is next level. And it must be really difficult for him to be surrounded by a group of people, whether they're friends or not, who can get away with doing the things he wants to get away with, but he can't get away with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it totally changes his behavior and it becomes this obnoxious person. I mean, then again, we had Tequila Katie. I don't know how, you know, what her drinking situation is like now. Um, But the difference is like right now, you know, it's a man's body shaming a woman. We had a lot. I mean, not that I had a lot more leeway, but there was a lot more leeway generally in the world for forgiveness. And, you know, it's just not... Lisa's like, you know what, you know, and I don't think she's making an example out of James. Right. Like, you know what, this is what we've learned from life and I am going to have to fire him. Right. I think it's so much more than what he said to Katie. I think that was sort of a final straw for her. Right. But I, there has to be a lot more than he said and done that wasn't captured on camera or wasn't shown. So I feel like he was fired and there were a lot more reasons behind it. But yeah. Katie kind of took the fall and has no problem taking the fall for it. Well, there was also what happened with Brittany, you know, the fact he, you know, rapped about the whole thing with Brittany and Jax. Or Jackson Faith. Yeah, Jackson Faith. Yeah. You know, Lisa was pissed off about that. So we have that as well. Yeah, it's a lot. But an interesting thing is he's got this girlfriend, Raquel, who she actually was a fan of the show and met him two years ago just waiting by the DJ booth till he was done performing to introduce yeah, that's herself. that's so crazy. And so she was a fangirl who became a girlfriend. And she was perfect because she had two more years left in school or a year and a half until she graduated. So she goes away to school. She's also in these pageants. And she's finishing getting her degree. He's cheating on her with everybody, likely including his best friend, Logan, who's a guy. Not that it matters, but it is cheating. I really wonder. Yeah. I mean, I listened to that interview that Logan did, and I just wonder, you know, I'm always a a skeptic and a doubter, and then people call me naive. But so many people have claimed to have hooked up with this person and that person. More likely than not, I guess these claims are true. I just wonder about you know, if that's true or not. I think he's, how could, everyone's saying it's true. Lala's saying that she kind of looked the other way, but knew that he was unfaithful, you know, and that's what a lot of people say they do for their friends. If their friends are unfaithful, they don't tell the partner, they just kind of let it go. And this seems to, you know, Jax's guys, they didn't tell Brittany. I mean, they didn't know about Faith, but you know, in the past, they didn't tell Stasi when they knew that he went to Vegas and hooked up with some girl. Like, they kind of cover for each other. And yeah. I think, you know, his friends covered for him to a degree. And she clearly doesn't care and will be with him regardless, whether it's for fame or because she loves him or because she thinks he's going to be a better person But it is a little bit weird and seems it comes across as disingenuous where she says she loves him and doesn't believe the quote unquote rumors. But they're not rumors because the people who've slept with him are coming to her and saying, I've been sleeping with your boyfriend. (laughs) So, yeah, my whole take on her is that this is how it happened. She was a fan. She found him cute and everything. Then he took an interest in her. And I think she really did fall in love with him. And she's addicted, you know. Whether it's fame or whatever it is, but I think it's more than just the fame. I think she's addicted to this relationship, and so she won't see things clearly. Yeah, for and sure. I, and, and, you know, I mentioned to you, like, I, Ashley and Thomas, like, keep getting back together. Like, you know, I mean, he Ashley knows he sold stories to the press about her. He, like, he was arrested, for goodness sake. Like, she is 
there's an addiction there. And like, I think these people need to go to like promises in Malibu or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they live together. They have a dog together. They have this like nice life together. And I'm sure at home, he's very kind to her. She says he treats her like a princess unless he's been drinking. And so she thinks that she can get him to change. And I think Stassi's been in those relationships. I think Sheena's been in those relationships. Brittany's been in that relationship. And yeah. they, I think they have compassion for her. But I also think they forget that they've been in those situations too. And she is so young. She just graduated from college. She's getting a lot of hate on Twitter. And I think the majority of the hatred may be from Jax. Yeah, I mean, he's not very kind. You know, he says that she's dumb and and she does come across that way. So I don't know if she's trying to pretend to act like she, you know, just how she talks and she's a persona. She's trying to or is that just who she is? She's kind of a mystery. And I'm, I'm very interested to see. I like when she snaps out of the fog just for a second. Yeah. Just to, yeah. you know, come down to earth and realize what's going on. But then she kind of goes right back into it. So I'm wondering how if she'll change at all this season. I remember last year in an interview, Kristen said that she that Raquel's a secret genius, whatever that means. And so I'm wondering if there's more to, to Raquel that we don't know that Kristen saw. I'm wondering, is it an act? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem, she really does seem legit space. If it's an act, Spacey. she really, <laughs> That's if a nice it word. is. Yeah, she's she's spacey. Um, she's spacey seeming. She sounds. I mean, it may just be her voice. She has a ditzy sounding voice, and like that's maybe no fault of her own. She may be brilliant and just have a ditzy voice. But if she is an actor, and you know this obliviousness and everything is acting, then she should be on a show. Yeah, I know. She it it's interesting. So that's sort of what's really been going on with in Vanderpump Rules. Any other thoughts? Are you interested in trying, uh, what is it, Mama's Beer Cheese? The Brittany and Jax oh, are going to start. I was start. like, what show is that? Oh, yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> that actually looks really, I mean, look, I have lactose issues, but that looked really yummy. So, yeah. I'm, I don't, I mean, that was ridiculous. It's like, she's like, you got to take care of the business, Jax. And Jax knows nothing about the business. And then he's asking, I forgot what questions he asked in his testimonial, but it was clear that he has no business acumen whatsoever. He's like, I know what it takes to run a business. And then the, one of the producers is like, so, like, what does it take to run a business? He's like, I actually don't know what it takes to run a business. <laughs> I know I right. just said that. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, I think that, you know, he has no clue what he's doing, but she is clearly able to make the cheese dip. And she knew what to do. She's like, you need to go online and find the form so that we could sell this at a farmer's market. And he's like, you got to go to the health department. And she's like, yeah, you do. Do you, do you think this beer cheese has any skinny girl type? I mean, a, an iota of skinny girl type potential? No, but I do think <laughs> it it could be because beer cheese is a good it's like a thing it's definitely not just Kentucky they have it in Wisconsin and other places so if she can take it to a new market like LA and other places yeah I think it has potential but I don't think it can grow beyond just being beer cheese I'm so curious if there are beer cheese distributors in New Jersey. So if anyone's listening, please tweet me at Weiss <laughs> because I would like to try some beer cheese and let me know where I can find it. So now we know to find you at Shira Weiss on Twitter, but where else can we find you and read your articles? So I'm on Instagram as Shira's Got the Scoop and I write at Shira's Got the Scoop.com. I have to get back to writing again. I've been studying for some other types of examinations, so I have not been so on top of it, but I'm going to get back to writing. But I do always tweet my thoughts on different shows and um, you can you know always connect with me. Yeah. Well, Shira, you've always got the scoop. And I love that you kind of live in the middle of the Real Housewives of New Jersey and see them yeah, on a regular I'll tell you, basis. I don't think it's very glamorous, truthfully. I would much rather be near. I haven't been to, to LA since 2004. And I would, and that was way before um, Palm and all those places were in existence. So I need a trip so I can check out all the places out there. Yeah. 
Well, it just is fun. I, I think it's fun to run into housewives and love hearing about it. And now I know why you're so into New Jersey because this season is fantastic and everyone needs to get into it. Even if you haven't been watching before, it's actually not that that hard to, to kind of jump in. Uh, you don't need to know all of the history. It was. I was saying actually that like, okay, so this past season of Blow Deck, well, actually it's still going on. This season is the best. And then this season of Real Housewives of Dallas was riveting. But the problem was they decided to put, and luckily they're not on the same night anymore. They put on New Jersey the same night. So I would find it to be very disconcerting because I would be like, I want to be into Dallas, but now New Jersey is even more interesting. So I'm glad now that everything is on separate nights in that regard. Yes. Um, Sunday is still confusing for me because I watch Atlanta and Dirty John and whatever else. Mm -hmm. Dirty John is so good. Yeah. And then they were putting Vanderpump on Sunday night. And it's just very confusing to me. You know, I'm a mom. I can't do all these shows in one night. I know. <laughs> I'm like, it's just too many, too many shows, too many in a row. But yeah, absolutely. Thank you for doing the work with me. <laughs> I know it's tough. It's just, it's a struggle. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. We'll definitely have to have you back on when the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion comes around, because I'm sure you will have some scoops on that. Yes, I definitely will. I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to discussing it further. And Vanderpump. Yes. So so good. So that's it for this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and follow on Twitter and Instagram at itrl underscore podcast. See you next week. also you <laughs> the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut <clears throat> okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh i'm sorry i'm gonna need a few more minutes <clears throat> bulbous walrus the bulbous walrus the name your price tool only from progressive the owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.